Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Welcome to the podcast, guys. And we are full crew today. And it's my pleasure to welcome Simon Brett. And you've probably heard him blasted, you know, blasted all over Instagram and, and recently on social media for um all the amazing things that he's done. And, and you know, rightly so. So thank you for coming on, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm very happy to to be here and, and talk to, um, about uh, watchmaking with you guys. Okay, right. So um, although I guess in the circle now in the watch community, you are pretty much well known, but I'm sure, you know, beyond that very knowledgeable, very, you know, collectors that know about, you know, all the news about watches, there's probably still some people that don't know much about you or your career. So can you just give us a brief background of where you worked? and you know your experience in the industry yeah sure um first of all uh, i will just explain you um who i am um i'm french uh, i come from france uh, the middle of france and i study mechanics um and uh, i have to to start working for a big company in my city where the name is uh, michelin the tires uh, big company and um, it was during the crisis and, and uh, yeah, um, it was not really the good moment to, to start working because, yeah, um, I suppose the, <clears throat> they have a lot of problem um, yeah, because of the crisis. And, and uh, when I start uh, my project for the end of my study, I have to, to achieve something very nice for this company. And at the end, um yeah it was not so nice because of the um, they have many problems um so uh, i have to to change a lot of things uh, in my project because of the the um, the budget they don't have enough money for all the things that i have to do and yeah so i was a bit afraid about that and i was okay if i want to spend my whole life working for this company it will be very difficult so i decided to to choose area i decided to yeah to to work uh, in watchmaking because it's the the things that i love from the um beginning uh, when i was young i really loved wearing watches um and uh, i was okay if i want to I will have to 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 leave my my family to to go study watchmaking in Switzerland. So this is what uh, happened. I go to Switzerland in Le Loc and I do my uh, study there uh, to become an engineer in watchmaking. And um, yeah, I start working after uh, I graduate. Uh, I start working for Jean-François Mojon. Um, the com- his company is Chronod, and he develop uh, new movement for other brand, um, independent watch brand or big brand. And I start uh, working with him. I develop many um, many movement for other big company and and small one. And uh, I stay there during five years and a half, and I learn a lot. Uh, um just a way to to develop movement and technical things and uh, after that i move uh, to manufacture contemporaine du temps and i develop one watch for them uh, the name is dodecal one is the the, the watch is um, a digital display a mechanical watch but with a, a, a digital display jumping hour um and uh, i stay there during two years and um yeah the company just crashed and uh, i moved for mbnf and i worked for them during three years and a half and i developed three watches for them the LA- lmx the um, uh, hm9 sapphire and the bulldog and uh 
during the um, during the COVID, uh, we have to work at home, and uh, I really love working at home because um, I was living close to to Geneva, and where the the way to go to to the work uh, was very long, and I really enjoy to to be able to stay at home and uh, yeah enjoy. Uh, to be to be work to work for at home so um i just I, yeah i just mm, i was very happy and and i think that i want to to start working for my own and working at home so i explained to mbnf that i will leave the company but um yeah um working for my own um, at the beginning, it was just to to develop watch for other brands, and um, this is what happened. I I moved from MBNF uh, in April 2021, and uh, in uh, April uh, my daughter was born, and I stopped working during two months, and um, my wife uh, is. Uh, uh, amazing and i have a lot of time for me to 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 work on a special project that i have uh it was um just to enjoy this uh incredible moment to to become a, a dad just to make a movement a watch that i would love to to wear one day and this is what happened during those two months that i stopped working i developed this watch uh, and i take care of my baby and my wife and um, after this, those two months, I showed to some friends, um, good friends who are big collectors, and I showed them the, yeah, the, the watch I, I developed during those two, two months. And, and they say, wow, if you, yeah, if you want to, to make your own watch brand, we are here to, to support you. And um, this is what happened. I find uh, enough crazy um uh, collectors who trust me and uh, help me to to make this um, first watch, um, yeah, which is the Chronometre Artisan. It kind of links to one of the questions I wanted to ask. So I know you released 12 pieces. So is it right to assume that these 12 pieces went to the 12 collectors that you spoke to that um, gave you advice and so on? Exactly. This okay. is the reason why I, I only produce 12 pieces for the subscription series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask why you didn't ask my advice and then subsequently <laughs> make 13 pieces, Simon? Like, why were we not friends back then? Yeah. <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> I think it's your fault, to be honest. I think you should have a wider friend circle. It's not really acceptable that I'm not included <laughs> in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry for that and uh, it's very strange because at the beginning it was very difficult for me to find uh, enough people um the process that i yeah the, the beginning of, of uh, this of my brand was okay i have to find enough money to to start um yeah to start um achieving the, the the first prototype and um, uh, first of all I, I tried to to just find money from the bank um, it was not uh, what I expect and um, with so many con constraint constraint and uh, yeah and after that I tried to find someone I want to able to to help me uh, an investor and yeah a lot of content too and at the end the the subscription was the the best way to yeah to to build the the brand and uh, it was very good because yeah i just have to find uh, customers and um not so easy but uh yeah i just Go on Instagram, uh, text to many big collectors uh, that I expect that they will become my ambassador. And um, yeah, I suppose that I tease uh, maybe 20 collectors and at the end, 12 of uh, them uh, follow me and accept to, to buy the watch. Well, 
I think you're talking to three ambassadors here for series two. You know, Long Long, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Sam, he and already, Jacqueline. The next one, this, he's releasing like 100 already. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm making fun. I'm sorry. Um, no worries. But, uh, what I wanted to ask was, you said that you were developing movements mainly. You know, yeah. that was perhaps your specialty. It doesn't necessarily mean that you can develop a beautiful dial or design a watch, yeah. right? So yeah. how did you overcome that that issue of, you know, your specialty is movements, but what about the dial side, the aesthetics? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, when, when you, yeah, I probably, yeah, I have 12 years of experiences uh, in the movement and during yeah during my free time i i'm always uh, on uh, instagram and i you know you can um uh, recorder record um some a picture of movement of movement of watches and i was i spent so many time um just to have a look on the old movement and this is what I really loved in watchmaking is the pocket watches um, because, yeah, the finishing are just incredible. Um, all the mechanism are just beautiful. Um, the design of the mechanism uh, were just crazy. And um, yeah, I really want to, to keep this level of finishing, this level of um, achievement. Um, and this is the reason why I developed the movement and I exactly know what I want to do. Um, uh, yeah. And when I start design the, the case, it was very difficult for me because yeah, I'm not a designer and, um, yeah, I try to, yeah, I just ask uh, help, some help to, to my designer with Mathieu Allegre. And um, the first thing is okay. Uh, you are you are not the best uh, in designing a, a case, and I w I tried to design it, but I was not very happy with uh, what I did, what I designed. And I okay, I have to accept that I'm not a designer, and I try to I will have to to find help to to one of them. So this is the reason why I just ask help uh, to to this guy to to just find the perfect lines, uh, perfect design for, for the case. So it helped me to design the lugs of, of the, this case. And I'm very happy with. So it's exactly the same that I uh, make for the, the components. I really want to have the best craftsman who achieve it perfectly. So this is what happened for, for this watch. Um, I've tell me if i'm right or wrong about this but i think 12 people like worked on this right or there's like 12 yeah. different yeah so yes. um do you guys like go on to zoom together like 12 people at one time and like discuss like oh we should do this we should do that or is it like okay you and one person and then you and another person yeah so um the the choice was very easy for me because it's people that I meet during my career and I know exactly what they are able to do mm -hmm. and what are uh, who they are and what they yeah what they can achieve. So I really choose the best craftsman uh, for yeah for any components. Um, I have the best craftsman to achieve this kind of uh, of components. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying is, for the case maker, you said you're crap at making hands. Just stick to the yeah. case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Jack, Just please find tell me. The, the perfect person to achieve yeah. the yeah in what they are the best. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I have a question. So you obviously have worked at MBNF, and. Mm -hmm. Um, the, I, I think I talked about this before, but I happened to visit the manufacturer in, uh, Geneva. Um, no. and one of the greatest 
the biggest takeaway for me was how transparent and open MBM yeah. is. Um, even though, you know, their whole ethos is about friends and collaboration, but they're not scared to um, tell you exactly where the crystal or the hands or something came came from. Yeah. And that to me was, I didn't know that. Um, and that was like, whoa, such a big surprise. And for for you, Simon, um, on, on your Instagram, um, there's a photo of uh, the assembly of the components. And then you also list out all the manufacturers and artisans that have worked on each component. And it's in the caption of your post right there. You tag all of them in their Instagram accounts. Was that something, would you say, like, you took away from MBNF or even without MBNF's, um, even without your time on MBNF and their influence is something that you always wanted to do, which is being fully transparent to your audience and clients. Yeah, so I suppose that um, um, I work a lot um, before with um, with Jean-François Mojon and we are supplier and uh, you are, I suppose that when people um talked about you to their customers you are more involved in the um, in what you are doing and it's yeah for me it was very nice to work for mbnf when i was working from chronot because uh yeah they you customers know exactly who who achieve it and for um, the the people who achieve it it's very good um just to to be to have your name on on one watch or on one project. So for sure, MBNF is um, it, I really respect this kind of stuff because they really want they want to to say the truth about that, and I, I suppose it's something very well. And maybe I, I, I'm a, a bit uh, influenced about um, about that, but um, the first. Things um, about uh, this watch uh, was when I was working for MBNF. Is what well, it was in 2020. Um, yeah, November 2020. I was um, searching uh, a craftsman just to achieve very special components, and um, yeah, it was at the end of the COVID, and uh, I just called one of my best friend with. An incredible craftsman in watchmaking, and I call him and say, "Okay, can you help me to to make uh, to achieve um, very special components?" And he tells me, "I have enough work." It was at the end of the COVID. Of the COVID, I have enough work, but please call to my friend Anton uh, because he don't have work, and if you can help him, it's very good things. And uh, this is what happened. I call uh, this guy, and I just go to meet him. I, I remember it was in November 2020, and uh, when I just arrived in this workshop, uh, I see a lot of machine in the entrance, and I was okay. Maybe he will move to to another workshop. And uh, when I just met him, he explained me that he was in a very bad situation because since um, yeah January he don't have any work, and he have a family, and it was very difficult for him to just to to yeah to have money. And um, yeah, it was something very special for me because yeah, it's the first time that I met uh, one of one supplier, one craftsman who was in this very bad situation, and I really want to help him. So first of all, I just give him some work with uh, MBNF, and um, after that, I know I know that I will leave, uh, move from MBNF to my own, and I just explain to him. I don't know how I can help you, but uh, I will come back to you if I have any idea. And this is what happened with, with this watch because I designed the movement, the case. And after that, I find enough uh, customers uh, to start the project. And, uh, and when I receive the money from the, 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 um, the customers, I go back to, those, to this guy which is uh, an incredible craftsman. Is um, he achieved the screw for the Grubel for handmade? Is one of the best craftsmen here in, in in Switzerland. And I just say, okay, 
I will help you, but I not this is not yeah, it's good to help him, but I really want to to help this kind of of people. They don't have big company. They are probably alone. They are craftsmen. This is the reason why I talked about craftsmen. Um, there are maybe one or two in their company. And uh, when there is no work, they are in very bad situation. So I really want to care and take care of, of those guys, those craftsmen who are the best craftsmen here in Geneva and uh, in Geneva, in Switzerland and in France, sorry. And, and this is how it starts. So this is the reason why um, I really want to talk about who they are and what they are able to achieve. So when I come to um, with my drawing, um, just to order some components, I really want to challenge them to, to just show to people what they are able to achieve and just promote them and help them in their business. And this is the, the first reason why I go um, to work with those guys because I suppose first of all when you make your own watch you care about business you want to have more margin you want to to challenge your supplier bigger company to just have the best price and it was not this approach with this watch I was okay I really want to have the best watch I would love to wear one day but I want to have the best craftsman to achieve it to have the best result and I really want to help them to just to show to people who they are and it's we have to care to take care of those guys because they have the knowledge and yeah if we lose the knowledge we will have a problem so it was this different approach that I have for this watch uh, just to communicate and and show to people who they are and promote them in their business and it's the reason why Okay. So can I ask you what the price of the watch is? Um, for the subscription, it's um, uh, 50,000 Swiss francs without okay. tax. Yeah. So at 50,000 Swiss francs, I'd like to ask, how did you price that watch? Like, what, like how did you come with that price? Because generally speaking, within the independent watch space, you know, one of the things that people are talking about your watch is that they think it's really like good value for money for yeah. what they see. Right. And uh, it's almost come somewhat accepted market price that these independent brands now they yeah. start at like 80 to 90 around 80 to 100 Swiss francs. You know, I'm talking yeah. about 80,000 to 100,000 Swiss francs. You're very comfortably below that. So was that a sales strategy was that because at the beginning you weren't confident in the product so you think you know if i make it more value you know i, I might get some more buyers how did you come up with that price um the price um yeah the first thing that you have to to understand that uh, if if you go directly with your customers you won't have the margin from retailer and you can just um yeah if you don't uh, have this margin uh who goes for the retailer for sure you can have a better price for the customers and the idea for the subscription was okay before i just um meet those guys those customers i was okay i have to make the most beautiful things that i can with this incredible finishing but i have to yeah, this watch have to be very well priced. Uh, I have to come with very aggressive price just to be sure that those guys will follow me and help me in this um, yeah in this adventure. So um, I have to. It was the first idea. I have to. My margin won't be uh, very big, and it's like that. But um, I will have customers from the beginning. And it was this idea just to go directly with the customers and be sure that the, the first customers will trust me and buy the watch. Mm. And um, the first thing was, okay, I will introduce myself to those guys because nobody knows me. Okay, I work for a big brand, for a nice brand, not big brand, but nice brand. 
they don't know me and they have to trust me. And this is the most difficult things. If you come with nice watch, no matter, uh, you have to, yeah, they have to trust you. So yeah, I have to find a, a fair price, incredible finishing, very beautiful watch. And yeah, hoping that those guys will trust me. So okay, this is the reason why. Okay. I wanted to ask you something about the um the case. So you have like this dovetail motif on the side, and this is to pay tribute to your dad, right? Being a carpenter. Yeah. So is this like a signature of your watches going forward? Yeah. Um. This is um. I don't know the name in English, but uh, I will have different um uh, different watches. I will have um. This kind of watch, very um, um, classic, mm -hmm. classic watch, okay. and I will come with uh, something a bit different. But um, the um, this logo will be for for this kind of wow. uh, watch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the name will be uh, Artisan, mm -hmm. which means craftsman, and uh, yeah, it's um, just um, the the first idea is really to help those craftsmen and promote them and just show to people who they are and what they are able to to achieve mm -hmm. and uh, the this ribbon we we call it ribbon mm -hmm. um this key link uh is the logo from my dad and uh, i have this i really want to help uh, the, the craftsmen um because my dad is craftsman and he has some yeah it's not always difficult when you have uh, your own company mm -hmm. so I really remember me some yeah some stuff who comes during the the past and when you have your own company you have some problem and when you are when your dad have some problem you feel it mm -hmm. and and this is what I, this is the reason why I really want to help uh, this guy for for the beginning mm -hmm. is because he remember me my, my dad and I really want to just make something to to those craftsmen and this ribbon just remember my dad because he often used these uh, these things um, in this work. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Simon, I have a question. So, of course, now now you've told us your background story and yeah. how this artisan uh, came to be subscription came to be, which was when during the months that you weren't working, you had you just had your uh, baby. <clears throat> so, and then in the process of trying to get this made, you personally reached out to collectors, not investors. And then during the production, you went to uh, different craftsmen to collaborate. So I think it's pretty fair to say that this is a very personal watch, especially now with the ribbon um, encased on the side of, of your watch. But going forward, this is a business after all you will find you will need to find authorized uh retailers or, or representatives who will you know want to profit and um maybe make you increase production and do something different um what's your vision in in that because i i started learning about independent watch uh brands and and started meeting more of them since uh november 2021 it's my first time in Geneva. And for the past a year and a half, every time I go back, I, I meet with them and I ask them, what's the biggest problem you're facing now? And 90% of the time they say, oh, supplier issues. There's massive delays in the supply chain. Um, and it's just something you cannot control, right? So, so what's your vision going forward? H how... How how do you um, hope to keep this personalized um, meaning for you in when you are facing those difficulties with authorized retailers or suppliers? Yeah, it's uh, exactly the, the answer that I will give you. The most difficult things uh, that I meet during this uh, during my career in watchmaking is always about uh, suppliers for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, 
Uh, the vision for, for the brand will be that one is exactly what I'm doing now. So very small series uh, will be called uh, Artisan. And I will promote those craftsmen. And the idea for the next few years will be to integrate some um yeah some um knowledge in my in my company um just to do the the different version i will do the first one will be artisan called uh, artisan and uh, i will work with those craftsmen uh, promote them and the different version uh, i will come with the same watch but with different material and different color uh, the idea is to just work uh, not with craftsmen, but with the people, the, with my employee. So this is the the idea for the future. But it will, yeah, take a lot of time because it's really difficult just to find, uh, yeah, the knowledge, the people. So it will be the challenge for 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 the brand. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you're not gonna. So you're you don't want to take shortcuts if there are easier ways to do and um have quicker uh turnover you're not interested in that because you 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 still want to you'd rather take it the slow way and 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 keep what you started from from the beginning yeah yeah and this is the 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 reason why uh i don't want to make too too many watches um the idea is only to produce 12 per year um because yeah for sure we have the subscription we will produce those 12 uh, pieces this year and we will produce 12 uh we will launch end of the year the, the titanium version so it will be um yeah not it will be a limited edition we will do 99 pieces uh, maximum but um we will produce only 12 per year and this is the reason why i don't want to make too much watches because you have to find the supplier you have to find um employee um it's yeah something very difficult when you want to grow and grow too fast so i really want to to care about that to be able to produce the best way that i can those 12 pieces and after that we will see just to integrate some um employee more and, and more knowledge so yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a recurrent theme in this interview, which is artisans. You know, this whole philosophy of yours is about bringing artisans and bringing them to the fore, to everyone's yeah. attention, that this is a collaborative uh, thing. For many years, a collectors have been romanced, I guess, by the brands or, or marketed by the brands as one old man wearing a white coat over a table making everything by himself the whole watch right um and as the collector community's knowledge you know increases and they become more aware of watches you know, do you feel that that is becoming less important to the to the collectors and actually you know it to just have the best person working on the part that they're best at and maintain the highest quality will actually be you know because it's we're talking about suppliers, right? And and the truth is that very few watches are completely handmade, by, like if even handmade by one person, but even just in-house made right now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for, for me at the beginning, I was okay. I don't want to be here for a few years. I, I really want to be here for a long time. And this is what I hope for me. <laughs> but um, for sure, if you start lying to, to your customers, yeah, you, you won't stay here for a long time. So I really want to, I really care about that. Just the people, yeah, your customers have to know who is behind, who is involved in, the, in the, the brand. And yeah, if you want to have the best result for me, it makes sense just to just, yeah, talk about those incredible persons. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy just to, to, yeah, to work with those people. And um, for sure, it helped me just to produce more than one, two, or three watches per year, for sure. If you make your own watch, 
it will spend you for a simple watch. I suppose you will produce maybe one, two, maybe three watches per year, but that's it. And if you want to, yeah, to have, um, I don't know what to say, but uh, yeah, we have to produce more watches. And uh, if you produce only 12 pieces per year, the price will be just uh, very expensive. So this is the thing that I really care is I really want to come with a very fair price for the customers. And it was not the, the, the best way just to work with only one guy who produce all the all the components. So first of all, it's difficult just to, to produce all the the components by yourself. But it's yeah, um, if you want to make your own company is not, I suppose is not the, the best way to do business. Hmm. Okay. So I just want to take a left field uh, question, right? Which was, um, you know, you sit there during COVID designing the watch and everything and, you know, spending so much time, you think it's great. And you speak to your friends and that, you know, they say, oh, it's, it's really good, you know, and all this kind of, stuff. but you, you only really know how good it is when someone orders the watch, you know, when someone puts money down to say, I want this piece, right? What was it like to get that first order, you know, because then you know if this is going to perhaps work or maybe not work, right? Like, yeah. what was it like to present that watch to the collectors? Uh, it was so difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so difficult because, yeah, you have to work uh, day and night and talk a lot with those guys. And uh, yeah, you have to convince them. Um, you have to always to do your best uh, to work a lot. And yeah, it's uh, it's very hard work to to just talk to with uh, potential customers and to and to go at the moment that they give you the money. So yeah, I suppose it was something very very difficult for me because it's very hard work and it spent a lot of time and. Uh, yeah, the, the the things that I remember is um, yeah, it, it's uh, maybe uh, no no, it's exactly two years ago that I started working on this uh, watch, and uh, I have some customers, potential customers who are everywhere in the world. So every night you work, uh, every day you work. So it's been so many times. So yeah, it was very very difficult, but. Today I'm so lucky and happy to yeah to be able to to show you the the watch and and to wear it uh, on the race. So uh, sorry for the quality, but yeah, this is just amazing. Just to to think about that to say okay, you are nobody. You design a watch and you find enough guy crazy in the world just to buy it and to make it uh, happen. So. The, the work uh, seems to be easy, but it was not really. And uh, it was a lot of work and a lot of time, for sure. Do you, I guess right now, yeah, that you are just inundated with people that want to buy this watch, right? There's probably yeah. more you know, people. And do you find that funny? Like at the beginning, it was so hard. Yeah. And then now you like think, where were all you guys when I needed you? Yeah, start, exactly. Right? Exactly. This is just funny, but yeah, everybody tells me, oh, um, I just miss uh, miss it. Uh, I really want to be here for, for, for the first time, but I was just, in my mind, I suppose that you, you won't be just, yeah. You, if I show you, if we go back in this, at uh, the beginning of the project, I'm not sure that you, you were so convinced like you are now, so yeah. I I want to know when was the point that it blew up because I'm okay I believe I'm in a WhatsApp group with some of those first 12 customers because I saw the picture of them when they just got it so they started putting it into the group chat like oh my god I just got it and then I zoomed in in the picture and honestly I was like what is that every there was a lot of people like what is that <laughs> right in the chat yeah. and um and these people are not big on Instagram as well. They're quite private, some of them. So um, did you guys get a bunch of PR people to write about this? Like, how did it blow up so quickly? 
because it went from me looking in the WhatsApp group and then suddenly all these articles mm. were coming out and then suddenly it was a big thing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> He's like, you tell me. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it goes very fast. So for sure, I was the first surprise, uh, surprise by, by the, the launch of, of the brand because... Yeah, so many people just uh, text me and I was, whoa, what the hell, what's happened? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, and we spent probably two, two weeks uh, after the launch. It was so difficult because we received so many emails, so many yeah, messages on Instagram. It, it, it goes crazy because some, some friends just text me and say, uh, I'm so fed up with you. I see your watch everywhere I go. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, it, it went very crazy. But yeah, I don't know what happened. But uh, I'm very just lucky and happy to to live this moment because it was not so so easy yeah. um, from the beginning. So yeah, yeah. I like for all the people listening. Um, you know, we can see Simon on the screen and I can tell you, yeah, it's completely coming from the truth there. Like, I, that's how I feel. Like, when I look at the way you talk and the way you talk, like, your face, it's still very humble about how it just suddenly blew up. But I guess, Simon, did you wake up, some, like, pretty much one day and then realized you suddenly got a lot of new friends? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly but um it's very difficult you know when you work uh, for watchmaking um like i did it's very special because you work very hard during two two years you have the launch uh everybody tell uh, say well well done and the next day you have to design the new one and you have to work a lot and yeah it goes Every year look like the same, so the projects are a bit different, but it's exactly the same. So you never really enjoy and and spend enough time to say, "Wow, uh, I achieved this," and I'm very proud about, uh, proud of. And, and yeah, this is exactly the same thing. No, I launched the brand, so I immediately think about the next one. I have to work hard for 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 the next complication. So. We, yeah, I suppose it's, yeah, it's the normal life, but we don't really enjoy this feeling, this moment just, and uh, yeah, mm. it's very strange, this feeling. Right, Simon, um, this interview totally didn't go to plan with the questions, but I think it's still <laughs> really, really good. But uh, my last question, you know, this piece is so personal, you know, with the the the, the, the mark of your father, Everything was designed by you. The watch is unbelievably popular right now. And you're only making 12 pieces. Will you keep one for yourself? Yeah, um, we produced some prototype. And uh, I have here the, the first one. Uh, and this is the second one. Uh, because uh, I improved the legibility of the of the watch. Um, yeah, for sure. I will keep uh, one watch for, for me, for sure. And um, the 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 first uh, titanium version, um, for sure. Um, yeah, we will produce more watches. So um, yeah, we will uh, keep uh, one for for the brand for sure. Okay, well that's great to hear. And you know, it was great interviewing you. The time absolutely flew by. Um, but you know, we do have to go on to the next round, the reverso round. And I think you've got questions for us. So what would you yeah. like to ask? Yeah, I have. I'm yeah, really focused on independent, for sure, uh, watch brand. And uh, I have some question uh, for you. Is um, What is the, the independent uh, watch brand that you, you love? Uh, no. If you have something in mind, some. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> I want to take this question. Fine. Right. So I think it's no surprise, but like I, the first brands that came to my mind was Retrap and uh, Roger Smith. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Roger Smith has a real like, um, I mean, the story of Roger Smith is just very romantic. But also, you know, I was born and raised in England. 
So I have that feeling of England. There's not that many watches you can get in England, you know, that I feel like I would want to own. Something as rare as that with that craftsmanship and that that balance of you do feel that handmade feeling with the watch, right? It, it It's not like wholly perfect. So yeah, it's kind of really special in my heart. You know, you could talk about, oh, it's, you know, design or whatever, but it's just the meaning of the watch that, that means a lot. And then the Recep, um, it's just slowly, slowly grown on me, you know, like we had that piece at the, the last auction and I, I, I looked at it again. I, I just thought it was really, really good. You know, yeah, yeah. So, kind of expected, boring answer, but at least I got my answer out of the way. Now you, now it's down to the other two. Okay, mine's the you second can... most boring answer. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I originally the first thing that came to mind was, um, I know you use like Urban Jorgensen hands, right? The guy who makes the hands, but obviously yeah. they're not like to me. I wouldn't say they're like as small as last time because obviously Kari, right? Um. But they used to be my favorite because of the hands. Um, but then I think, and I always say this, and I get really mixed reactions about this. I love uh, Lang and Haynes. So, but they're huge. I know the humongous, but I cannot explain to you just like when you look at the case back, your heart just goes like, it's just like, it's, it's the equivalent of like um, cleaning your house. And then when it's all super clean and you're just like, like so happy there's so much like empty space but it's still like feels very good like I can't explain the way he uses the he places the movement and the just the all the empty space and it just works so I just really like it mm. yeah yeah I agree with you there yeah yeah I think when I first met you it was long and hangs and then yeah. even now things I think it's really great yeah uh for me um I I love the the uh, artisanal side of Acrivia as well, and and the almost like laboratorical, you know, like there it's kind of like um it's a laboratory, you know, what what they're doing. It's uh, they're always trying to come up with with new stuff, but at the same time, um, very handmade, um you know, with the tremblage on the dial and something similar, to, a little bit larger, but I, I love that effect on a dial. I think it's one of the most beautiful finishes on, on a watch's dial. Um, but then recently I, the, the first independent watch I commissioned um, in 2020 when I didn't know much about independence was uh, a Vutilainen and um, I recently took delivery of that, and um, good. So so so, I have to I have to I have to add you know Kari on the list because it took a it took a while uh, a lot longer than I expected, but um, I've been wearing it since I got it, and it's uh, I, I designed it. I, I'm proud to say I designed it. <laughs> <laughs> like the dial and and two and a half years later almost three years later i'm still not tired of it so when i saw it, i'm like oh i did a pretty good job in in 2020 so um this is the the wow. watch and then Gosh, yeah so, pretty. so i have to good. add it on the list but you Think have nice. like but you have also designed like another brand which i will not name i mean i'll i'll tell you guys no you can name it. Lauren Ferrier, I think you're a good watch designer, by the way. And you did Boris Grossman as well. Yeah. You've done some. Yeah. No, I thank you for that. Uh, wow. I'm getting so much compliments this morning. Yeah. But um, this is like the first one I designed. So. Still smell though. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it's special to me. Right. Simon. Second question. Yeah. So. <clears throat> just yeah more um about for sure watchmaking but um what do you think what will happen in the few months few uh years do you think that the watchmaking uh people will be boring about watchmaking or do you think that uh, it will stay like that very yeah crazy about yeah watchmaking 
what do you think about that for for the the customers if they will stay enough crazy like they are today or if it will be more i i think the cost customers are more getting more and more demanding you know like independent watchmaking has really come to the fore and the quality of the independent watchmaking is is come on it's it's at a higher level than what you get from the big uh conglomerate brands right established brands uh and that shows that you know you guys are getting orders you know loads of people are getting orders that there is a market and appetite for it so much so you know that even as i mentioned before simon you know the quality of the work maybe is going to be a priority more than this woolly term in the house handmade you know yeah they're going to be better at instead of being told that this is quality actually being to be able to tell whether this is quality themselves yeah. and i i it makes me wonder because you know independent watchmakers will have to keep improving keep coming up with new techniques to capture the minds and hearts of the clients so it's going to be down to you and you know how ingenious you are at coming up with the new design definitely uh finishing techniques um yeah um that's where i think it will will go but i think it will always still be there we no one needs watches and no one has needed watches for a long time right yeah. so you know that we but the, the, the you know people are still here you know so i i don't think it's going to diminish or anything yeah I, yeah i agree nowhere close to like dying down i mean i just the chinese market alone i think the younger generation i mean including like jack's uh generation they understand everything way more and uh they don't just want to buy something because it's expensive like they have very like mature and uh very sophisticated like a, a very good taste just in general with a lot of things um not just with watches i think even with clothes with cars with anything like luxury related so i think there's still a lot of room to grow yeah uh yeah i think i agree on that um for me i think the only thing that could put people off um is the waiting time because i feel like during covid you know independent watchmaking has always been you know big in in the smaller circles you know people who love them really love them um but before you used to wait like a year for a watch and now most of the brands have tripled that quadrupled um and some brands you wait more than 10 years so when you're signing up to, uh, to be considered or or to submit an application for your piece and you're told that oh yeah thanks for submitting deposit the deposit um your piece will be uh done in in a decade you're like mm. you know and and for younger collectors i guess it's like a shock but then for older collectors you're like will i still be here no i hear that all the time i hear no it's it's serious yeah. Yeah. and and so like you know you, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow right so so um what the what even the world will be like in 10 years so i think if that keeps getting longer and longer, then just as how people look towards independent watchmaking when they couldn't get anything from the big companies, maybe they will, I don't know what they will look to, uh, to uh, after, but maybe they'll be like, okay, yeah, I don't want to wait five years, like pay 30%, wait five years. I want to just buy something I can enjoy now or or less time than that. That's like the only thing I can see it being you know slightly put offish another thing is well yeah another thing might be um what i brought up earlier which is you know this is a business at the end of the day uh people but we all finish on quality and and, and finishing in the people behind the brands what will happen when let's say authorized retailers start giving you that pressure you know simon you only want to produce 12 Produce 40, 
and you don't want to do that but then it doesn't make sense for them um monetary wise uh to 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 i don't know and then people behind the brand are like okay yeah for the business you know i'll compromise i'll i'll, I'll increase my production even if it's more than what i would like to do for myself and i see that happening to a lot of the brands um so maybe you know there is a certain threshold that people can still accept and people understand it's a young brand you're growing you need that extra volume but maybe if it gets to a certain point and past that threshold then people will start thinking when i first met you i thought you know your brand was this image with only this amount of pieces now you are this amount of pieces it's different from what i first perceived you as maybe our um ethos or 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 beliefs have changed okay let me look for another brand so that those are like the only few things i can think of but i feel like the demand will always be there people will always have a place in their hearts for the love and 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 the craftsmanship of independent watchmaking yeah i, th- I think to some extent simon yeah you've already put the cat amongst the pigeons because of your price point you know, like all these independent brands actually start increasing their prices, right? Part you, you're right to go with that aggressive pricing because you gave an option where the actually market was actually thinking, oh, you know, like I actually want, I can only pay this, right? But I want this, but right? Is it even possible? Lot... You kind of made it possible, right? No, there's a lot of the Japanese ones which are around this price, if you think about it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like true. Nayota, Hida, yeah. Like that's in the 60s, a lot of them, right? How much is a forty to sixty, depending on the complication. And then the, but then like with that, how they sell. Oh yeah, another thing is like how you allocate pieces. Yeah. Because Nayotahita, I think they are on a yearly yeah. rolling basis, so you have to like submit application. They vet you. It doesn't matter like who you know. They see your collection. You you write a little story, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's how they allocate their pieces. Other brands might do it differently. Oh yeah, like my friend introduced me or whatever. Um, that might be another thing that, okay, yeah, no, it's fair for everyone. You know, people like fairness. People like to have the same equal chance of getting a watch they like. Mm-hmm. Um, but price point wise, I agree with Long. Like the Japanese, even the Kikuchi one, yeah. I, th- I heard like the waiting list it's- is like 10 years. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's to get that price right like now. twelve to fifteen thousand. Yeah, so yeah. like, okay, you're moderately priced, but then that just means a lot more people are going to be looking at you, and and how do you allocate pieces? How do you manage expectations and deal with your waiting list time frame? So yeah, yeah. Maybe you'll come up with something that's like the best system. <laughs> you'll let us know. Okay. And then you'll you'll uh, just abolish the system. Oh, look at Simon's face. Yeah, it's like, it's all, like he's trying to, to solve like, that problem right now. Yeah. yeah, we gave him a yeah. bunch of problems, and now he's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like. Yeah. yeah, this is for me the the most one of the most difficult things just to allocate the piece to to mm. customers because yeah, you don't want to sell the watch to people who won't take care about that, who don't really know or understand why you are going so far in the finishing. So I really want to, yeah, to be able to to give this watch to people who really understand what I'm doing, uh, who really care about what we are fighting every day. We really want to do our best and the finishing are just insane. But if you give it this watch to people who don't really understand or don't really care, uh, this is the thing that I don't want to do. Mm. I hope that I, yeah, I will always um, find customers who really understand, not only because they like the design, but uh, I suppose we are a young brand and I hope that I will be able to um, talk a lot with those potential customers and teach them what we are doing, why we are going so far in the finishing, and just uh, trying to yeah, teach them, um, explain them what is very difficult to achieve, why we, are, why we are so crazy to go so far, 
and um, I suppose it will spend time for for me just to be able to just to show them and explain. But uh, I really want to be able to give the watch to to people who really care about that. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Okay, Simon. Uh, you've run out of time on the reverso round, and I think we've given you enough problems to uh, solve. You know, you can come mm. back to us with more reverso questions if you ever want to not sleep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're always here for you in your insomniac moments. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and plus, there's the time difference as well. So when you're sleeping, we should be awake. Um, we now go on to the pump push around. Okay, so a few questions here very quickly. Number one, we didn't want to ask this before. You worked for other brands. You were an employee of a brand. Now you're the boss. What's the yeah. biggest difference? Oh, um, the biggest difference is um, you can do all what you want. It means um, if you want to design a watch, you can do all what you want and you don't have to just to answer and and do something to make happy your boss mm -hmm. and this is the the most yeah i was so frustrated about it uh, when i was working for for brand at the end because yeah when you design something you yeah you really want when you love watchmaking you want to go that way and it's not the yeah the the things will happen at the end so yeah it's so fun today to be yeah to to design something and to be yeah to 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 design it like you like you love like you want and and this is just so crazy and i'm so happy with that for sure well, i'm so happy you said something positive and not negative right <laughs> number two um one piece of advice you would have told yourself when you started this journey after coming through after you know where you are now one piece of advice you'd tell yourself if you were starting it again? Oh, it's it's very difficult because yeah, some one of my customers uh, from the subscription just asked me yeah if there is something that you would love to change, well, what would it, it be? Um, and I was oh, I'm so lucky to be here and to just live this special moment because yeah, um, I am so lucky um yeah at the beginning from the beginning to to today because yeah all goes so well so it was so crazy i learned a lot um people are yeah customers are so happy with the watch um i'm very lucky because today i have two of my friends who are employee who work with me and yeah today i didn't expect that it will be possible few years earlier if you ask me if it will happen uh, yeah so i don't there is nothing very difficult uh, so i can advise myself yeah to to trust me a bit more but yeah okay yeah right <laughs> next one um geneva isn't known for the best food Good watchmaking, but not best food. I may be wrong, but you know, you'll have to tell me on that. What's the best place to eat, in your opinion? Yeah, I I travel, yeah, I travel a bit, but not enough, not, not too much. But um um I go to Thailand. Um and I really enjoy and love the, the food there. Um I'm French and for sure I really love uh, French food. But um, yeah, I suppose there is so many places that I've never been and I can cannot tell you, but I suppose yeah, French uh, France, French food and and Thailand food I really loved. Okay. Uh, number six, what's the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Um, um, I don't know the name in English, but the name of this uh, country is uh, Montenegro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, really enjoyed this uh, the, to travel there because it was just beautiful. But yeah. Okay. French, France for for sure. But uh, Montenegro uh, was very beautiful place. Yeah. And the last one. What's the happiest memory you have? I have so many. 
many things, but I suppose yeah, to become a, a dad, to see for the first time your your baby and live this moment just crazy out of time. Um yeah. And to to be able to enjoy every day uh, with your baby, I suppose, is the the most uh, important and beautiful things. Wow, great answer. Um, well, that ends the podcast, Simon. Was it tough? How did you find it? Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult for me because of my English. It's not so easy for me to to really understand all the, the all the things. But uh, yeah. Not really easy for me, but uh, it was very good because you are so kind, <laughs> and uh, and thank you so so much for for having me. Thank you. Well, you did really well. It was our absolute mm -hmm. pleasure to have you on, and uh, wishing you all the success uh, with your watches and you know growing your brand. And I hope to see. Well, I can't wait to see. Yeah. You know what you have up your sleeve. Um, I personally really, really like the watch. I think the dial is amazing. And one thing for me is I love a complete watch where I love the dial and I love the finishing of the movement and the move. And, and that's what it is for me. Um, I think it's great, refreshing. So well done on that. And, and to your team as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So the most difficult things will be to, to do yeah, more beautiful for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so out the waiting list. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we'll see you guys on the next one thanks for listening bye bye as always thank you for listening to the waiting list podcast we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and if you have any questions comments or feedback feel free to reach out to us at the waiting list podcast on instagram or via our private accounts we'll see you on the next one bye bye, bye.